Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, I'm Miranda Wright, and this is day 87 of our 120-day Upper Room Prayer Campaign. Today we're going to pray for new perspective as we ask God to set our sights on things eternal and remind us daily that this world is not our home. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 16 it says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort ye one another with these words. We need to understand the tactic of the enemy and how he directs our focus on things that are temporary and allows the worry of trying to obtain it to overcome us and cause our focus to stray away from the one who is calling us to set our sights on bigger things, on bigger prizes, on eternal life. You see, temptation to fall into sin, disobedience, rebellion, and even discouragement comes when we set our focus and our energy on trying to make our home here. In these times, we need to say to ourselves, this world is not my home. Worries and confusions and frustrations about building career and education and ministry based around things that are temporary will only lead us into the temptation to sin, be disobedient, move in rebellion, and fall into discouragement. And it all only comes when the enemy gets our focus off of the kingdom of God and eternity and into trying to build our kingdom here. So in these times, we need to say to ourselves, this world is not my home, so why am I trying to build it here? And if we want to determine where our home actually is, then all we have to do is examine our hearts because we've all heard the expression that home is where the heart is. Well, that's actually more true than we may realize because in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19, Jesus said this. He said, lay not up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve both God and mammon, mammon representing materialism, money. You might call it the God of this world. We can't serve the God of heaven and the God of this world at the same time. We will run to one while running away from the other. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye should eat or what ye should drink, nor yet for your body even, that what ye should put on is not the life worth more than meat and the body more than clothes. 
Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, nor do they reap, neither do they gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them, or ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking any thought, can add one cubit to his stature? And why take ye thought for your clothing even? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, and they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like unto one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Wherefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewith shall we be clothed? For all of these things do the Gentiles seek after." But your heavenly Father knows that ye have need of these things, but seek ye rather first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these things will be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Jesus says very clearly here that where our heart is, there our treasure is. And of course, where our treasure is is where our home is so home really is where the heart is so we must examine what do we consider the treasure of greatest value in our life if the treasure of greatest value in our life is jesus christ then we will be willing to give up all else to purchase that gift in fact jesus gave another parable and said that when a man found a pearl of great price a treasure hidden in a field he was willing to sell everything to give up everything that he had to go and purchase that because he knew it was of greater value Paul said that Moses counted it of greater value to share in the sufferings of Christ than to have all of the riches of this world so that he was willing to give up even the Pharaoh's ship rule over Egypt and all of its treasures and pleasures so that he could walk in obedience to the Lord God Almighty even though it brought him great suffering as so it did for Christ. And for us, our life proves what our heart truly treasures what it values my husband often says that you'll invest in what you love if you truly love something you'll make time for it if you truly love something you'll fight for it if you truly love something you'll invest in it with everything that you have and so today my friend we've got to examine our hearts to find out where our home is what do we value of greater treasure do we give up time witnessing to others to manicure our lawns do we give up time in prayer and intercession to build our careers do we give up our obedience to the voice of the lord god almighty to build up our home or our possessions or our social acceptance where our heart is proves what it believes the treasure is do we count Christ of greater value than all the gains of this life Jesus said that we ought not to worry about storing up things on this earth that are temporary but we need to worry more about stirring up treasures in heaven so it is more important to be obedient to the voice of the Lord and to go out and to minister his word and to be charitable to those who have less than us than to try to build up our material blessings. Because if we are truly more willing to give than to receive, then God will cause those blessings to flow freely to us because he knows that what we have freely received, we will also freely be willing to give to others. In that because we are not seeking for a blessing, 
but to be a blessing, he will pour out. In other words, my friend, we ought not to seek blessings, but rather to be a blessing. Because in all of these things, do we find the stresses that bring disease and depression and offenses in the stresses of building finances in career and education in trying to build ourselves a platform and a name and a reputation in all of the things of this world. When we serve mammon, it brings us into a place of confusion, frustration, and depression. And in these times, my friend, we need to step back, catch our breath, and remind ourselves of this. This world is not my home. I'm only passing through. What I do here will only prove where my heart is. Jesus, it's in eternity with you. What do you want me to do? And do I need to give up something to do it? This was the lesson that Jesus was bringing us through the example of the rich young ruler. He wanted to serve the kingdom, but he didn't want to give up his material things to do it. Am I saying that God wants all of his followers to be paupers? No, in fact, he often blesses most those who desire it the least because he knows he can trust them to then release those blessings to others. But we've got to set our sight on things eternal and change our perspective. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all of these things will be added unto you because he can't trust you with all of those things. If your heart is not in right standing, righteousness means to be in right standing with God, to do what he says is right, to produce those peaceable fruits of righteousness. So he said, seek ye first my kingdom, not your own and my righteousness, not what you think is right. And then all of these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first, not after the dishes are done. Seek ye first, not after the grass is cut. Seek ye first, not after you've done your work in the garden and tend it to your livestock. Seek ye first, not after you've gone to work. Seek ye first, not after you've checked Facebook and the game scores and your text messages. Seek ye first, not after you've started dating that boy or that girl. Seek ye first, not after you've moved to buy that house. Seek ye first, not after you've accepted that new job position or promotion. Seek him first. Because we like to think that God comes before our job, our money, our kids, our spouse, our home, our entertainment, ourselves. And that we would give it all up if we had to. But the Bible says that's not enough. That seeking him has to come before all of these things too. Or else we've already given him up. Maybe not in word. But indeed we have chosen our treasure. And our heart has proven its priority. You will put first what you love most. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, so what do you treasure? When Jesus calls or pulls to prayer, what do you put before him? Facebook, social media, entertainment, Netflix, your kids, your spouse, the house, your job, your career, your education, building a retirement that will only last a few years in this life. Instead of building a better forever with him. 
First John chapter two, verse 15 says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life. So let me ask you this. Are you trying to build a life that you can be proud of in a physical sense rather than in a spiritual sense? It says these things are not of the father, but is of the world. It's mammon and the world passeth away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of the father abides forever. Little children, it is the last time. In other words, time is short. It's running out. And as ye have heard that antichrist shall come even now, are there many antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time time. I tell you this, my friend, with all assurity that those who seek to build worldly kingdoms or to make this world their home for any reason, in any form or fashion, those moving in a spirit of materialism or being misled, manipulated or right out controlled by a spirit of antichrist and will fall to the antichrist at his appearing. Because when the antichrist is revealed, materialism will march millions towards the mark of the beast while the absence of materialism will march the rest towards martyrdom. Everyone knows that the mark of the beast is bad, but materialism will be the deciding factor in who takes it anyway. Because the Bible says that without the mark, you cannot buy, sell, or trade. You won't be part of the world system. You will be cut out from it. And if your treasure is here in material things, if your treasure is your home or your properties or your big ministries or your reputation or your name or your education or your degrees or your career or your platform or your vainglory or your drugs or your food or your mammon, your money, if these things are what your heart determines or treasure, then when the Antichrist sets up the mark of the beast, you will accept it so you can keep them. But if your eyes are set on things eternal and you're willing to count the cost and pay the price and follow the example of Christ and give up everything, count everything this world as dung, that you might obtain the eternal prize and have a place in the real kingdom, then you've got to first come to that place where you realize this is all temporary anyway. This world is not my home and I need to stop trying to build it here. I need to do the work of the kingdom. This is actually just our mission field. Think of yourself as a missionary going out on a mission and one day you're going to be called home to give the report of what your life's work was before the Lord. But this was never your home. It was just a mission field approving ground. It's when we get back home that the rewards are going to be handed out. That's what we're living for. Not right now. This is so important that we understand and that we raise the next generation to comprehend because whether you raise your kids to treasure getting what they want so that they can build their own kingdom here or you raise them to treasure seeking God and the kingdom of God will likely determine whether or not they will take the mark of the beast one day because it's very likely to come in their generation or the next. But if you neglect to instill that in them, they will fall or the next generation. And the church today is truly failing at this. 
And likewise, whether we allow the focus of our own hearts to remain on building a home and a future for ourselves here rather than in glory will likely determine whether or not we take it if it comes in our lifetime. The deceitfulness of riches and the cares of this world are a lie of the enemy that Jesus says chokes out the fruitfulness of a once fruitful tree. It will cause you, though you once believed, to bend the knee to the enemy. And many who profess Christ will turn and follow the Antichrist. Because remember, the Antichrist isn't coming to deceive the world. The world is already deceived. He's coming to deceive the church. And many will follow after him because that they have first followed his character and spirit through materialism. That's not the character of our God, of our Christ. God could have been born in a palace. He could have had all the riches of this world, but he humbled himself to come and be born in a barn and even to the shame of the the cross itself to show us his character, his heart, the good fruit, a true example of what we should be living for eternity, not right now. In fact, when Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he would be crucified, that he would leave them soon, Peter spoke up and said, no, it won't be so. And Jesus rebuked him and said, get ye behind me, Satan. You set your eyes on things of this life. I set mine on things eternal. You see, Jesus knew what was in Peter's heart, what the enemy was speaking into his ear. Peter was wanting him to build a kingdom right now, right here. But Jesus said, no, this is all temporary. It's all going to burn. There's not going to be one stone left upon another. I'm not impressed by your ministry on your temple. I'm not impressed by all that hands can build. I'm setting my sight on bigger prizes. I'm setting my sight on things eternal. I'm doing this right. I'm going to follow God's plan, God's will. I'm going to see perfection fulfilled. We need to have that same heart in us that was in Christ that says, get ye behind me, Satan. I want nothing in this life but to glorify God with my life and to see others brought into eternal life. If your money is your treasure, you will sin or even accept the mark of the beast in the end to keep your money. If your job is your treasure, you will compromise the gospel of Jesus Christ to keep your job. If your home is your treasure, you'll accept the mark or give up your calling or whatever the case may be to keep your home. If your spouse is your treasure, you'll renounce your faith to keep your spouse. If your kids are your treasure, you will take the mark of the beast or give up your ministry or fail to be obedient to the voice of your king to please your kids. If your ministry even is your treasure, you will compromise to the spirit of Antichrist to keep your ministry. But if God is your treasure, you will refuse all sin and compromise and rejection of him and even the mark in the end to keep your God. Revelations 13 verse 11 says, I beheld another beast come up from out of the earth and he had horns like a lamb and he spake as a dragon and he exercised all the power of the first beast before him and caused that the earth and them which dwelled in the earth to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed and he doth great wonders of course this is all referring to the antichrist you can go back to the podcast that we did on both the spirit of leviathan and the spirit of the antichrist to get a better understanding of this but this was john the revelator's vision of the power of the antichrist rising from the sea he continues to say 
that he will do great wonders so that he makes fire come down from heaven onto the earth in the sight of men and deceives them that dwell on the earth by the means of the miracles which he hath power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image unto the beast, which had the wound by the sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak, and cause that as many as should not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand and in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, except that he had the mark and the name of the beast, which is the number of a man. It is prophesied that in the end, the very end, the last minutes of the last hours of the last days of this dispensation of grace a great man of sin and perdition will arise who will move in the spirit of antichrist the spirit of antichrist has been from nearly the beginning you can trace it all the way back to nimrod in the tower of babel paul said that it was active even in his time that many moved in the spirit of antichrist but the spirit of antichrist is only making way and preparing a people to receive the man of perdition the man of sin the antichrist himself in the same manner that the holy spirit did a work in preparation for the revealing of jesus christ so will the unholy spirit the spirit of Antichrist do a work in preparation for the revealing of the Antichrist and many will follow him and receive him because that many are already being led by the spirit of him, that spirit of Antichrist. But he says that in the end it will move to bring about world government, a world religion and a world economic system and no man will be able to have a part in it except that they take a mark of allegiance to it which is a mark of allegiance against the true god so that no man can serve both god and mammon at the same time there will come a point where the sheep and the goats will be divided and all will be forced to make a decision my friend if your treasure is in earthen things you will fall to him you will follow the antichrist and if your treasure is in physical things here and now You've already fallen. You will follow the spirit of Antichrist because when he gets in the pulpit and starts preaching that gain is godliness and that God is here to serve you and bless you and prosper you and make things easy for you, you will receive it and believe it because you have made the things of this world your treasure. Your home is where your heart is. Your heart is not set in things eternal so that you're not willing to sacrifice for the cause of Jesus Christ. We've got to examine our hearts today that we not fall into compromise. Because only those who refuse to make their bed in the kingdom of Satan will rest their head in the kingdom of God. Revelations chapter 20 verse 4 says, And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, nor had received his mark upon their foreheads, or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ. My friend, understand what this is saying, that there will come a day which we will have a choice to make and Christians all over the world, not just in these faraway places, will be beheaded for refusing to worship the Antichrist and for not taking his mark. But most will take it because it will give them an easy life. If money is our treasure, if name and reputation and pleasure 
is where our heart is. If we're trying to build our kingdom here, then I'm afraid, my friend, when that time comes, you're going to make an excuse for why you can take that mark and lose your soul in the process. If you're not willing to sacrifice for him now while it's easy, will you truly sacrifice then when it's life-threatening? It says that many will be beheaded. And I understand that this is already beginning to happen all over the world. We see it daily, but it's going to come to a point where it will be a global situation. Because the whole purpose and point of tribulation is to separate the goats from the sheep, the wheat from the chaff. In fact, the process by which wheat is separated from the chaff, wheat is what is used to be ground into flour to make bread. What is bread but the true body of Christ? But you can't make bread out of wheat and chaff. You got to get the chaff out first. So what does God do to get the chaff out of the church? The chaff is a paper hole. It looks like the wheat. It wraps around the wheat. It's like the flesh of the wheat, but it's not the wheat. There's nothing of value in it. It's just a mimic. It's a counterfeit. And so to separate that wheat from that chaff, it all has to go together onto a threshing floor. And then it's beat with a tool called a tribulon. It's where we get the modern word tribulation. It's the whole purpose in tribulation is to separate the wheat from the chaff because the counterfeit is not going to last when things get hard. It's going to determine where our heart really is. Will we cling to him? Will we endure? Because the Bible says those who endure till the end shall be saved. But all those who fall away, they'll be counted as chaff. That's the purpose in tribulation in the last days. It's a separation. It's a time of separating every parable that Jesus gave about the time of tribulation in the end of the age were parables of separation, separating the goat from the sheep, the wheat from the chaff, the harvest from the tares, the fruitful servant from the unfruitful servant, those who had their wedding garment of righteousness from those who didn't. All of the parables were about the separating. There will be no room to walk the fence when the Antichrist steps in. There will be decisions to make. But my friend, I tell you that you have decisions today. Because none of us are promised tomorrow and we need to know where our home lies. So we've got to examine our hearts and see what we value most. And when the cares of this life start to arise, we've got to stop and remind ourselves this world is not my home. In reality, there are only two kingdoms to choose from. There is Satan's kingdom and there is God's kingdom. We don't really have one. So we need to stop trying to build one. Any action you take trying to build your own kingdom only serves to build Satan's. However, if you will serve God selflessly in faith, then you will inherit God's kingdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 9 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. So be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexual, nor abuser of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous person, nor drunkard, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. 
Galatians chapter 5 verse 19 says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, which includes drug use, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, sedition, heresy, envy, murders, drunkenness, reveling, and the such like of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. My friend, I tell you that there is a war on between two kingdoms. Do not be found on the wrong side at the end of this war because the king is coming. And he's coming with a new home for those who were willing to believe him and follow after him and try to save others from the kingdom that is and bring them into the kingdom that's coming. But if we make this world our home and build ourselves a place in this kingdom, we will have no place in the one that's coming. Instead, build yourself an embassy in this kingdom for the kingdom of heaven. Don't let it be a home or a kingdom that you're trying to build to fit in, to be part of this world. Jesus said to be friends with this world makes you the enemy of God, but instead build yourself an embassy that we might be found ambassadors of Christ, a place where people can come and experience the kingdom of heaven here now so that they can see that they want to step out of this. They don't want to be found on the wrong side at the end of this war because we have been sent here as liberators to deliver the message of the kingdom that is coming and tell people to get in alignment with it and believe for it and prepare for it to set their sights on it in faith and believe each and every day that this world is not our home we need to live for the one to come and when we do we will make better decisions godly decisions it will cause you to walk in humility in selflessness and in righteousness i'm telling you my friend it will take all of the stress away it will take the confusion and the fear away. It will set your feet upon a sure place and your eyes on the prize of Jesus Christ. Remind yourself today and every day, this world is not my home. I'm only passing through. When your boss gets on you, when you run out of strength, when you feel weak, when you don't think that you can do what you need to do, remind yourself this world is not my home. I'm only passing through when you don't have time or strength or energy or health to do all of the temporary worthless things in this earth, but you find that place to get away and pray and recharge and reconnect and remind yourself that it's all temporary anyway. It will give you strength. It will give you peace and it will redirect your focus and purpose for things that matter in eternity. James chapter 4 verse 3 says that many ask and do not receive because they ask amiss to consume things upon their own lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship with the world makes you the enemy of God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. James was talking to people who thought they were believers and they were asking God for things. And James was saying, you're asking, but God's not going to give it to you because you are asking to consume it upon your own lust so that you can fit in better with the world. Don't you understand that to be friends with the world makes you the enemy of God? 
Philippians 3 verse 18 says, For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping. Paul was crying as he said this, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their own belly, what they want, those who glory in their shame, who mind earthly things who mind earthly things, who look up to things that are temporary, vainglory, money, prosperity, these kinds of things. For our conversation is in heaven, he says, from whence we also look for our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working thereby, of which he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Paul said, I've warned you continuously and I do it now weeping. Stay away from those who turn your faith towards material things or anything of this world that sets your eyes on the temporary, that tell you it's okay to prioritize your life or even your family over Jesus Christ. Nothing can come before our God. God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. To do what he says is right. Remember that it says Abraham heard God's voice and believed it. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. Get on your knees. Seek the king. Get a word from him and believe it. Obey it. Walk in it daily. Do what he says no matter what it costs you. Because the reward in the end is great my friend. But the reward for those who count the things of this life of more value than the kingdom of heaven is going to be eternal damnation. I don't want one soul to hear on that fateful day, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. I want us all to hear those fateful words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Come in, enter into your rest and receive your reward. You are eternally blessed. Welcome home because your heart was here with me. You esteemed me the greatest treasure. So now your home for eternity is where your heart is with your king. Remember, my friend, we are only passing through. It's but a blink. And in a moment, this life is through. I think we spend more time and energy preparing for a retirement that lasts most people less than 10 years than we do preparing for eternity. It should not be so. We need to refocus our priorities. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 12 says, Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach, for here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruits of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. In other words, no matter who comes against you for it, continue to do good and continue to communicate. Continue to preach the gospel. Continue to say what it is God has told you to say. Set your eyes on the prize of Christ and remember that it's all for eternity. So it doesn't matter what it costs you. 
in this life. We are looking for a city to come, not for the one that we are in now. If we're only passing through, then why live as though we are preparing to stay? Stop trying to homestead in Satan's kingdom. You're only passing through and trying to pick up others along the way. And if you're not staying here, then you need to be prepared at all times to leave. Because Second Peter chapter 3 verse 10 says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the very elements of the earth shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burnt up in an instant, seeing then that all of these things shall be dissolved. What manner of person ought we to be in all holy conversation and godliness daily looking for the hastening and the coming of the day of God wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat nevertheless we according to his promise look for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness only therefore beloved seeing that ye look for these things be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless on that day and account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation even as our beloved brother Paul also according to the wisdom given unto him hath written unto you as also in all his epistles speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to be understood which they that are unlearned and unestablished wrestle with because they don't understand them as they do also with other scriptures to their own destruction because they don't understand this but ye therefore beloved seeing that you know these things and even knew them before beware lest ye also be led away with the error of the wicked and fall from your steadfastness but rather instead grow in grace daily in the knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ to him be the glory both now and forever amen my friend if you don't set your sight on things eternal and recognize that this world is not our home you will do like that tree which was producing fruit you will be choked out by the deceitfulness of riches the cares of this life and the lies of the spirit of antichrist and you will fall from your steadfastness and grace you will fall away and not be found blameless on that day jesus is coming this world is not our home it's only temporary we're passing through this is where you prove who your heart is faithful to where your heart is, your home is, because where your treasure is, your heart is. So what do you treasure most? Let it be the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and not material things or acceptance of men, but let it be found in Christ in the end. Lord, reveal the treasures of our heart today, the things that we put before you, the things that we allow to cause us to disobey. 
Lord, if we will fall to it now, then we are falling to the spirit of Antichrist and we will fall to the man Antichrist when he is revealed. And we don't know when that will be. It can be any time. You said that when we think it can't be, that's when it will be. You are coming again and there is a separating coming. Let us be found on the right side of the valley of decision. There are decisions that need to be made because we are not promised tomorrow. And if we make the things of this world our treasure and this world our friend, then we make ourselves the enemy of God and you will be found to fight against us in the end. God, I do not want to be found on the wrong side of eternity. I profess today that this world is not my home and there's nothing in it that is worthy of losing my place before your throne. I worship you and you alone. God, let each heart say me too, Lord. Yes, me, Lord. I will deny everything and count the cost to pick up my cross and follow after you. And Lord, if you find me worthy to receive blessings because that I have first sought your righteousness and your kingdom, then I will be faithful that what I freely have received will freely be given to those in need because it's not about me. It's not about my kingdom. It's about yours and the healing of the nations. Lord, let our blessings be a blessing to others. Let us seek to be a blessing, not to receive a blessing. Lord, this is the lesson that Jesus Christ taught us with his life to set our eyes on the prize, the high calling, no matter what it costs, to do what is best, to see the saving of the lost, to build that kingdom, that home to come, the one that you have promised that we will inherit if we believe for it. Because if we're willing to lose our life and all the things that we hope to gain now, we will gain a real life in eternity. But if we try to hold on to all of the things of this world, we're going to lose the real life to come, the kingdom, the inheritance. God, I praise you for the inheritance. Jesus, I thank you that you were willing to sacrifice your life that we might be able to receive the inheritance by the blood of Jesus Christ. But only if we're willing to deny ourselves, pick up our cross and follow after you and remember daily that this world is not our home. We're only passing through. We are here as ambassadors of Christ to bring others to the truth that they might walk in newness of life in eternity with you. Help us to believe it, to receive it, to see it, and every day to remind ourselves of it, that we would walk in it and not be deceived by the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of this world and the lies of the spirit of Antichrist that arise to deceive the church of Jesus Christ into taking their eyes off of eternity and putting it on mammon and the things that are here and now, the kingdoms of hell. They are temporary. They are ash. They are nothing. Nothing in the end, oh Lord, we set our eyes on you and eternity and your kingdom again. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.